It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I want to talk about something my brother and his wife have actually been doing for years. They have no home. They just travel around the country and rent a place right now as I speak. They're renting a place in beautiful Park City, Utah during the off season. And their lifestyle may not be something you want to think about if you're working remotely or retired, but I want to tell you the advantages potentially of doing opposite land, owning no home, and being free to live wherever. I want to talk to you about the pluses and minuses. And later, oh, this is so a flashback to a different era. How would you like a free television? I'm going to tell you what the catch is, and it's not a scam. So my brother Gary and his wife, don't hold this against them. They're both retired lawyers. Six or seven years ago now, they decided to sell their home and become nomads. And a lot of people might have an RV or something like that. Now, what they do is they just travel. Their closest place to a home is in Northeast Florida. And they spend roughly half a year in Northeast Florida. But again, they don't own a home there every year for all these years. They rent a place Uh, Not through Airbnb, typically. No, they've never done Airbnb. They find local real estate agents who, in, in beach communities, a lot of people own places they rent out, and they find a place they can rent for whatever length of term. They just gave up a place that they had a seven month lease on. That's what the landlord would give them. And they stayed there for seven months and then went to Utah, where my sister in law is from they're now living there. I talked to my brother just yesterday and I I said, so Gary, how long are you going to be in Utah? He said, well, we rented this place for five weeks. Where are you going to go next? Well, we're going to go to Washington State because that's where my great niece is, Nova, who apparently is the brightest child ever to walk the face of the earth is a Newborn, That's at least that's what I hear from my brother and sister-in-law. I'm sure Nova is a genius. Anyway, they'll be in Washington State for a while. They'll rent a place. They rent, like last summer, they rented a place two months, one month at a time in Washington State. And then next they're going to California, and then they'll go to Arizona. And then eventually they'll end up back in Florida. and. The savings to them is tremendous because if you have, if you, you have to have the mentality for a lifestyle like this, but if you do, and when I pitched this idea to my wife, she said, never gonna happen. Because I told Lane when we got married 28 years ago, I said, you know, I'd be happy just uh, living in different courtyards by Marriott the rest of my life. And she was like, what? I said, 
yeah, I mean, I'm happy with just my carry-on suitcase and just wherever I am that night. You know, back then in a courtyard by Marriott, every one of them was identical. You had the same print on the wall, and the layout was identical. You wouldn't need a nightlight to find the bathroom at 3 a.m. because it was always the same. And I was like, this would be perfect. And uh, let's say that was not her thing. But this is an opportunity if you're a nomad to not have that permanent residence that you're having to pay for when you're not there and you're only paying for where you are. Your living costs can be equal to or less than what it would be otherwise. And my uh, brother and sister-in-law only fly one airline. Krista, you have any idea what airline they fly? Southwest would be my guess. And why did they fly Southwest? Because they probably have the companion pass. Exactly. Your brother worked for Southwest briefly, didn't he, after you yeah, retired? Yeah, my brother was a, I think they call it a CSA at Southwest. I think that's the union he was in. And he was the person you went to at the podium when your flight was canceled. And oh. he was the one who had to figure out how to reroute you or if you had a stroller to check and all that. And he worked the ticket counter, the, the podium at the gate. But that's not why they fly Southwest. Now they fly it because of the companion pass. Because now he's his wife's companion. And so he flies free all year long. So they've done everything they could to reduce costs. And the lowest rated car rental company, I think it's from Cons- Consumer American Customer Satisfaction Index is Sixt, S-I-X-T, which is a family-owned car rental company from Europe. But they do Sixt rentals because you can rent those in month-long blocks. And you pay a fee to set up a rental that is one month or more, and it's been a great way for them to save money. They have no vehicle. They also sold their vehicle, so they live completely on rentals that they get from Turo or they get from Sixth or whatever they do, they don't have a car that they own. They're great. Although I'm with Lane on on your, which hotel was it you were going to live in? The Comfort Courtyard by Courtyard Marriott. Courtyard by Marriott, yeah, no. Courtyard's not, they don't run Courtyard like Marriott used to where it was all sticks up and they were all identical. That sounds awful Now it's too. just whatever building they can get to put their name on. yeah. You wouldn't think that would be great? Awful. I you like never to, have to make your own bed. I, I like to have my own space, personalize it, you know. And Lane also is really great at decorating. She's such an artist that I totally get that. So What's wrong with the print that they always had on the wall at the courtyard? Wow. Okay. I, I figure somebody <laughs> from the Marriott family painted that picture. And so the... the uh, Marriott's put that in every courtyard mm-hmm. in the country. They don't do that anymore. All right. We'll go to questions. This is from Nick in Pennsylvania. I live in a remote area with no cable. When I heard a year ago that Verizon offered high-speed internet through their 5G system, I signed on. Since the day I signed up, my internet cuts out every Saturday and Sunday for about five hours. Each day? Yeah. I've repeatedly gone through the excruciating process of trying to get a human to do something. So far, I've been promised an extender to boost the signal that never showed up and a promise to adjust my bill for the time I have no access. Of course, that has not happened. Each time I talk to a rep, they promise to call back as soon as they have time to figure out what happened. Nobody calls back. 
As I write this, I am on the phone with yet another rep for 45 minutes so far, who is, like the others, baffled that I've had such a horrible experience. So, Nick, I I have briefly alluded to this. Verizon is in total management turnover and crisis. Verizon, they're not in trouble. They're still very profitable, but they're They've been steadily losing market share. They've had constant turnover of executives. The operation is the gang that can't shoot straight right now. In big companies, when you have high-velocity turnover, you kind of lose your focus on customers, and Verizon has done so. So it's hard for me. Like, let's take what happened recently. Verizon had been raising and raising and raising rates for their cell phone plans. And people kept leaving Verizon. They were like, wait a minute, what's going on? So then they just cut their plans from six to two with the latest management team that came in. So if you're Verizon Wireless, there's now two plans to choose from instead of six. You may be on one that's much more expensive than the plans they offer. Now, if you're Verizon Loyal, go reshop your plans. Things just are not together at Verizon right now. So I hope you have another choice for home internet. I don't know if you've checked to see if you're in an area being served by T-Mobile that has T-Mobile home internet, and you could run them parallel for a while. T-Mobile gives you a trial period where you don't have to pay to try their home internet. Don't know if it'll be any more reliable than the Verizon has been. And for people in areas where it's hard to get a fast internet service, people have been getting Starlink. I have a niece who uses Starlink in Northern California in an extreme rural area. And the Starlink from Elon Musk from SpaceX has been flawless and fantastic and extremely easy to set up. But much more money than Verizon's fixed wireless home internet or T-Mobile's version, which both typically are around $50 a month, can be less. But how you get Verizon to pay attention to you, I don't know right now. Sean in Mississippi says, Hi, Clark. Our family spends thousands of dollars every year for HSA-eligible expenses. I charge these expenses to my credit card to earn 2% cash back. Some cards give 5% cash back for certain purchase categories. Are there any credit cards offering more than 2% on medical expenses like doctor visits, hospital bills, dental, vision, prescription, etc.? Or are there any credit cards that would give back more generous rewards than 2% cash back in the form of travel? Thanks for the great advice over the years. We have saved no less than $1,000 per year by following your advice. Well, Sean, thank you for that. And I'm really sorry there's enough medical expenses in your life that you're looking to earn more than 2%. I'm not aware of any card that with the rotating categories gives you that opportunity. Although, trying to remember which card it is that allows whatever your highest charge volume category is to be where you earn the highest rebate. And there are cards that have the ability for you to name from a list the highest category of rebates. But usually they decide at the card issuers what your categories are that you'll earn 1%, 2%, 3%, 5%, whatever. And I just haven't seen anything that does that in the credit card space. 
Ryan in Ohio says, after listening to your recent podcast on life insurance, I decided it was time to stop procrastinating and find a good level term policy. I'm 26 and married with no kids yet. So this policy would serve to protect my wife. However, after shopping around, I found that most policies have an aviation exclusion clause that excludes aviation-related deaths from the policy. This poses an issue as I'm nearing the end of earning my private pilot certificate and plan to fly recreationally after I finish my training. While I plan to be a safe and proficient pilot to lessen the risk, accidents can and do happen to anyone. What do I and other pilots need to look for in a policy that would ensure coverage in the event of a fatal accident? So, uh, gosh, this hits close to home, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Why are you so terrified about my son all the time? Well, no, I just, you know. You are terrified. Flying small planes. I'm I'm so impressed by him. I cannot believe that he is able to fly planes as this. I mean, he did it when he was 16, but a 17-year-old, like, he's so impressive. When we've been to visit, uh, my son, if you're not aware, is going to become a professional pilot. He wants to fly for the airlines or cargo or whatever after he's trained and he's about to get his PPL, just like we're talking about here with Ryan private pilot's license. And so uh, the PPL is like a big red flag for insurers because as people learn to be a pilot or as private pilots, there's an enhanced danger. That's what terrifies you. But I will tell you, Grant's not at all unusual when we meet people on tours of colleges that have flight schools, virtually every person has been flying like Grant. And one girl we met started flying at 11. He started at 13. So it's not unusual with the flying thing. And it is a danger for any of us who fly private, you know, who decide to be a pilot. So there are insurers that will be able to quote that to you. Policy Genius, which is a company I've talked about before, Uh, specifically, one of the criteria they'll help you shop for level term insurance is for private pilot. And the Association of Pilots, it's called, I think it's AOPA is the name of the association. They also, yes, AOPA. Okay. Uh, Aircraft Owner and Pilots Association. I never knew that's what it stood for. AOPA has a thing where you can buy level term insurance through them. Although I think they specialize in term insurance, which means the premium goes up every year. But yes, you are insurable. It's just more difficult to buy it and may cost you a little more. So coming up ahead, TVs have gotten so crazy cheap. I mean, I think about when we get to uh, November, how ridiculously inexpensive TVs are. But how about if you could get a TV for free? What's the catch? We're going to talk about that. I love it when we talk about what used to be Black Friday and is now Black Friday month. And all the retailers are so aggressive with pricing on electronics. And it's looking like this is going to be an even bigger bargain fall than we've had in prior years because retailing is going discretionary retailing is going through a big slowdown so you're going to see deals on all kinds of christmas oriented merchandise the whole month of november and one thing that's always so heavily promotional televisions 
But what if instead of having to get that great deal on a TV, you paid nothing for a TV? Well, that's the idea of free telly, F-R-E-E-T-E-L-L-Y. And this is such a blast of the past. In the 1990s, it was actually life back that far, we had something called dial-up internet. And you'd have to hook up over a, like a manual modem, and there would be this sound, there was this weird off-key electronic sound as the computer you were on registered to the system that you were connecting to the internet through. And you ended up paying $20, $25 a month for it. Well, for a good while, I was on a free internet service in the dial-up era in return for allowing the company that supplied that to have a band along the bottom of my screen where they could present ads continually. And it was a trade-off I was willing to make till they went bust. Then I had to pay for internet again. But I was getting the ads, the, the internet for free, saving me a couple of hundred dollars a year. Yes, I am like that. Well, now this company, Free Telly, that's going to ration availability of this so they don't get ahead of themselves, is offering the same idea with a free 55-inch television that then has their software on it and shows you ads as a continuous stream of ads across the bottom like 15%, 20% of the screen. And, of course, I've signed up for the free TV. And my wife will say, no more TVs. But how can I pass up a free TV with the invasion of privacy that comes with it? Based on what you watch, they'll serve you ads that the profile says you would like, but you get the TV for free. So is it going to work? Don't know. Are you ever going to get the free TV if you sign up for it? Don't know that either. But I love that something that is old is new again. I remember uh, Krista and I, for years, were both on the, uh, was it freeway phone freeway, call? Freeway, yeah, for long distance Where you listen, I know this is an odd concept, to anybody under probably about 35 years old, but long distance used to be shockingly expensive. So freeway was something where you'd listen to an ad for 15 seconds and then another 15 second ad would play like that and on like that. So one minute of ads would buy you eight free minutes of long distance calling. As much as you wanted to listen to ads, that's how many minutes your call could be free. Yeah, there were no cell phones. This is like I'd be on a pay phone at the airport and listening to ads so then I could like call my parents. I mean, it's true. <laughs> the worst was I'd listen to a whole bunch of ads and then place the call and the call would ring busy. Yes. Oh. And you'd lose the value of that time. But my time's worth nothing. So getting the free minutes of long distance was totally worth it. And so I'm always intrigued by these things that in different industries at different times where things are expensive for us, it's why I've been so excited about all the new video streaming services that have gone to ad-supported models, and they're free. Nobody ever asks you for a credit card or anything, 
you have free content. Fastest growing streaming service in the United States, Pluto. Do you ever watch Pluto? I know. I have not. never heard of it. I've heard of it. I've definitely heard of it. So Pluto is uh, it's great because it's a binge watching channel. So if you want 24 hours a day of whatever show, if they have it, it's got a channel and you just continually watch and you get it for free with ads. It's all back catalog kind of stuff. So if it's free, it's for me. <laughs> and we'll see what happens with free telly. All right. So Mark in Illinois has a question. He says, Clark said that November 1st through February 28th is a perfect window for off-peak fares to Europe. And after Thanksgiving, but before December 16th is the cheapest time to book a cruise. Can you clarify if that means book during these off-peak windows, but go when you want or travel during these off-peak windows and book three months in advance? I regret to inform you those are the actual time periods you have to travel. So with the cruises, that is a really, really, really bargain time. Weather's already getting cold in a lot of places in the country, but the cruise lines have to beg people to go on cruises after the Thanksgiving period has ended, but before the Christmas time really gets going. And then with airlines, particularly for international travel, November 1st to February 28th, Next year, is there a 29? I think next year, there's February 29. Anyway, um, for that time period, those four months, the prices of airline tickets are at their cheapest each year for international travel, except, of course, during the Christmas period, Christmas, New Year's. But oddly, Thanksgiving travel internationally often is extremely cheap where domestic travel by air is its most expensive week of the year is Thanksgiving week. For international travel, it's usually a very cheap time period because there's no business travel going on either direction during our Thanksgiving, and it creates a lot of open seats. Beth in Georgia says, I received a vanilla Visa gift card as a Mother's Day gift for $100. The card was. This isn't going to go well. No, the card was purchased in Target by my daughter. I went to use the card a few days later and it was declined. When I called the customer service number on the card, I was told the balance was zero and that it had been used at a CVS in California for a $100 purchase. Well, I live in Georgia. The customer service representative asked my name, address, birthday, and phone number, and email. Then she emailed me a form to sign and requested a copy of my driver's license. I did not respond. This is a red flag to me. After doing some online research, there are numerous reviews of people who have had the same or very similar experience. What can be done to stop this? Please help. So, Beth, first of all, fill out the form, provide a copy of your driver's license. There's a plague of this. Uh, criminals have broken the code on being able to steal money from gift cards, particularly those that are bought on those display racks in retail stores, not behind a counter. And so you go in, uh, so this one was purchased in Target, Mm -hmm. and the money was spent at a CVS all the way across the country. Target didn't do anything wrong. CVS didn't do anything wrong. The criminals are the wrong parties. The problem is the protection on gift cards 
doesn't work. And criminals have, believe it or not, there are computer programs. I don't want to explain the whole crime because I don't want to create new criminals. But let's just suffice it to say, when there are cards on a display rack in a retailer, those cards are being targeted by crooks, particularly something like a $100 Visa gift card. They're targeting that because it can be used anywhere pretty much in the world. So they have the card number and the secret code for it, the PIN codes for it. They then load that into a computer program that continually checks 24 hours a day when that card is activated. The second it's activated, the criminal's like, great, I'm going to steal that money. Do not ever, ever buy anybody a gift card at an unprotected display rack in any retailer. Not the fault of the marketing companies that put those racks out there. It is the problem of the gift card industry that their security stinks, and you're the one left with no money. Shirley in California says, I'm flying on Hawaiian Airlines in August. With so many lost luggage stories in the news, should I buy an Apple AirTag to put in my checked luggage just in case? I haven't bought the AirTag yet and await your advice. Thanks. Yeah, um, the AirTag, the tile, that's their big competitor. Mm -hmm. And there are other companies as well. These things have become extremely valuable for tracking lost luggage that the airlines have no idea where it is. One of the things there have been criminal rings that have been busted where there's unprotected baggage claim. A criminal will steal bags and then they've got your baggage. So it wasn't even misdirected by the airline. It made it to where it was supposed to go. And then somebody runs off with the bags and the air tags have helped police all around the country and overseas bust criminal rings that are stealing luggage from baggage carousels. Uh, and not even to mention all the problems with airlines sending bags the wrong way, and they charge you to check the stupid bag. Why do I call it stupid? Because only smart bag out there is a carry-on bag that is always in your possession. Anyway, if you do need to check a bag, if for some reason you've got to check a bag, the AirTag or the Tile or Type Devices Great idea to do. We've also, I've noticed on ClarkDeals.com, like we've had several deals lately, like four packs of air tags and tiles. They get, they're really going on sale now too. So they're getting less expensive. Yeah, they're extremely popular. The, the underlying technology and how they relay location of the air tag or the tile. I mean, there are some really smart people out there. But remember, the best way to avoid having your bag stolen is never check a bag. If it can't fit in my carry-on, it doesn't take the trip. So I want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I hope that you're enjoying our podcast. If you haven't yet, hope you'll subscribe to it. Follow us, review us, 